Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. Brooks, Memphis got back into the win column on Wednesday night. How big of a win was this for the Tigers? Lance Thomas. Get at you. I said Lance should be on the bench, but Lance didn't listen to me. Lance was shooting like Dirk Nowitzki out there. I see you, Lance. Save the season, Lance. Save the season, Lance. Trust in Lance, baby. Next time, give it to Lance. Lance will shoot it. We out. Good victory, Tigers. Let's go. This is start. I see you, Lance. I see you. Get at you. I said Lance. That's that's gonna be my. That's really that's all you be need my, to say, right? That's, that's all gonna you be need my to say. answer for every question tonight. You just you ask me anything, I'm just gonna say <laughs> Lance Thomas, because that was the answer that for Memphis on Wednesday night against UCF. That's pretty much how they won that game. Now, obviously, you know Precious Achua had a, another monster game. Boogie Ellis continued climbing out of his slump. And overall, the Tigers were really good. They held a team in UCF that that has averaged close to 70 points a game on the season to 57 points. I think if you had told me going into the game that Memphis on the road against a conference opponent was going to score 59 points, I would have told you that they lost by double digits. Uh, So for them to come out with a win, you'll take it. You know, if you're a Memphis fan, if you're that staff – if you're on that team, you take it, you put it in the win column, and you move on. It is what it is, but Lance Thomas was massive. Yeah, and and you mentioned, you know, you put you put the you put the W in the win column and you move on, and that's all that mattered for this team coming into the game. When you think about how miserable of a week last week was, losing by 40 points to Tulsa and then blowing a lead late in the game allowing SMU to go on a 15-0 run. Memphis didn't need anything but a win. They didn't need a blowout. They didn't it just a win. That's all that it was. It it didn't matter because I mean, if we're being honest about it, things things could have spiraled downward if they if they lose that UCF game. I mean, UCF played well because they have a very good coach. Uh, Colin Smith came to play. They had a couple guys that you can tell really wanted it in that game. But overall, they're not a great team. So if you go on the road, you drop another another game to a to a decent team uh then things could start going south i mean you could have have total destruction if that happened so nothing mattered other than going there and getting the win it wasn't pretty it wasn't perfect but i mean that's kind of been memphis's formula this year go in mix it up on defense continue to prove that you're one of the best defensive teams in the country and then get these offensive outbreaks from guys like lance thomas bugiela's had another big game precious that had one of his best games so far this season with 18 and 13. After struggling in the first half, he went crazy in the second half. I mean, nobody on UCF could touch him, which is typically the case for Precious. I don't. There's not many players in the American and maybe even in the country that can stop him one-on-one down low. So it's kind of been the formula this season. Uh, there's obviously things you want to clean up on. I mean, you, you have 11 turnovers against SMU. You come back with 17 against UCF. So some of those same problems were still there against UCF on Wednesday night, 
But like I said, all that matters here is the win. And that they got it. They get to come back home for three games. So I don't, I don't think anybody can complain about them getting that win because everyone knew how important it was and that that really was a must-win game. So the Tigers have, what, 11 games left? Is that where they sit right now? I think it's 11 games. Am I uh, missing one? What are they, 15-5? and five? Yeah, 11, and then they'll have a conference yeah, so they, game. So regular yeah. season, 11 games. And of those 11 games, five are away. So they've got six at home, five away. They are only, according to Ken Palm, they're only underdogs in five of those contests, four of them being away games. The only home game that right now Ken Palm has them losing is the Houston game, and he's got them projected to lose that game by one point. So over the next 11 games, right now Memphis sitting at 15-5, and five, Memphis has got to to solidify their resume for the tournament because right now they're a bubble team. You know, Jerry Palm, Joe Lenardi, those guys have them as last four in, I believe, in both of their brackets. But, you know, they've got a, a stretch of three straight home games that are winnable against UConn, Temple, and South Florida. Then you have two two tough road games. You know, Cincinnati on the road, obviously – that Cincinnati game at home was ugly. Cincinnati only scored 49 points. Um, but Cincinnati seemingly playing better as, as of late and actually now a top 50 uh, opponent, according to the Ken Palm top 50. So um, that's a tough game. And then going to UConn on the road, UConn went on the road at Houston and had that game all but one, almost beat, beat Tulsa. Uh, you know, ended up going to overtime and losing that game. So playing well right now. So you've got to beat UConn at home and then turn around and beat them again five games later. That's tough. So Christian, looking at that setup, what does Memphis have to do to get in the tournament without having to win the AAC championship? I think, I mean, I think honestly, and it sounds super, super cliche, but it, it really is one game at a time right now. They're not at a point where they can take off a night or underestimate an opponent. They've already done that. They've already had those games where they've done that. So at this point, it's one game at a time, and it starts with, you know, it starts with this, this three-game home stretch. I think that three-game stretch as of right now is the most important stretch of the season because, as you mentioned, it's it's UConn who's really been up and down this season. They've had games where they've looked really, really good, like one of the top teams in the conference. And they've had other games where they just haven't shown up. Uh, so, winnable game. Uh, Temple is definitely down from where they were last year. They lost a ton of starters. Winnable game. And then South Florida, another winnable game. They've already went and beat South Florida on the road. So, this three-game stretch is huge because if you come out of this, you're 18-5 and overall. And I believe what what are they in the conference? Are they three and three or four and three in the conference? Four and three in the conference. So you come out of that seven seven and three in the conference, eighteen and five overall. And then you like you mentioned, you have that tough road stretch where it's Cincinnati, and then three days later you turn around and play uh, at UConn. So that's that's tough. But if you go into those two games, you know, on that four game winning streak, four straight in the conference, 
with some confidence. You know, if Boogie Ellis continues to show up, if Lance Thomas continues to show up, uh, if Precious does his thing, if DJ gets back in the groove, if you so you have these three games to really kind of flesh that out, get three wins, three games that you should win at home. We know how difficult this team is to beat inside the FedEx form, and also get some confidence in some of those guys that are starting to emerge. Uh, then you could go on that road stretch and make some noise because those are, I believe that Cincinnati game on the road is a quad two win. Am I am I wrong there? It's either, I think it's quad two because I, I know they have six quad one and quad two games left on the year. So it's one or the other. It's a big game. It's a game that they need to win to improve the resume. So when you look across the board, uh, obviously getting wins over Houston and Wichita State, some of these quad one wins would be huge. But as of right now, this team is not at a place where they can afford to say, man, let's circle the calendar on on that Houston game, on that Houston road game or that Houston home game, or circle the calendar on that Wichita State game. And man, we need to we need to get back at them. It's they're not at that point right now. They've had they've had their stretches where they've played bad and, and lost games that they should have won. So now it's time to just go one by one, knock them down, and build confidence going into those two road games. Well, so right now, if if they play things out. As projected, Memphis finishes the the regular season at twenty one and ten. That's not getting you in the tournament. It's just not. Um, the interesting thing is if you rewind the clock. Let's just rewind back to two thousand and eleven, and this is just crazy to think about. Two thousand eleven. Memphis had the number two overall ranked recruiting class uh, for 2010. That was the Joe Jackson, Will Barton, Jalon Kendrick class. And they had a ton of hype coming into the season. They started out in the Ken Palm Top 20. They were ranked in the top 15 to start the year. Extremely young. They had seven guys in that class just like this Memphis class. And one of their five-star guys, just like Memphis with James Wiseman, this year in Jalon Kendrick did not play. He ended up playing some you know, very menial mem- minutes in exhibition games and decided to transfer. So you have one of your five-star McDonald's All-American recruits that never really suits up for meaningful minutes for a team that has a ton of preseason hype. And that Josh Pastner... 2011 Memphis team finishes the season, the regular season, at 22 and nine, sitting on the NCAA bubble, with very little chance of getting in. And it's it's so crazy to fast forward to 2000 and you know 19 2020, and now in Penny Hardaway's second full recruiting class, with the number one rate, rated you know, recruiting class, you take out James Wiseman, where's Memphis's class fall? Number four. You take out Jalon Kendrick from that 2010 class, where does that fall? Number four. The parallels between those two years and those classes are crazy. And I guess my point, Christian, in this little rant is that, you know, I'm still baffled by the idea that people are caught off guard that Memphis still isn't the elite team that people expected them to be in the preseason. You know, you look, there was so much hype. There was so much 
uh, bravado, even by the coaching staff, about what was going to happen this year, and it bled over to the fans. Well, when you build a team around a guy like James Wiseman, and and people forget they also built this team with a guy like Rajon Tucker in mind. You know, you have a team that was built, and then everybody, when those pieces were assembled, were like, they still need a score. They still need a grad transfer. They still need somebody with age with, that can go get them a bucket. Well, Rajon Tucker was that dude. And by the time that that decision was made for him to stay in the draft and never make it to Memphis, it was too late for Memphis to get anybody meaningful that replaced what he – Uh, that hole that he left when he decided to stay in the draft. So Memphis is missing two pieces to what they, you know, ideally wanted for this team. And so it baffles me that people, you know, almost didn't expect this team to struggle when history, if you just look at Memphis alone, history tells us that we have a perfect replica almost of what this Memphis team would look like from a statistics perspective, from a record perspective, back in 2011. History told us this team was going to struggle. And I'm not saying that they're going to end up at 21 and 10 or, you know, 22 and 9, even to match that exact record from 2011. But I am saying I don't think it's I don't think it's unreasonable to to say like this team struggles or justified they're warranted they're extreme people i keep hearing when are we gonna ditch this they're young excuse when they're not young i mean they're still the the youngest team in the entire country 0.41 years average experience insane i'm done yeah so (laughs) you can talk now (laughs) i was i was just making sure you were i was making sure you were done there because you never know with you um, but you actually called me last night, full disclosure, and and gave me this whole rant already. So this is not a bomb that you dropped on me like you do sometimes. Um, but it, it is it is crazy, uh, especially when you look at you know like you mentioned the recruiting classes where they would be ranked without Wiseman and Jalon Kendrick, uh, the records at this point in the season, uh, what Memphis that year under Pastner had to do to get in the NCAA tournament. They they won the conference tournament correct yes so memphis in order to get to the ncaa tournament they had to go on kind of a magical run uh to to win the conference usa tournament they ended up uh winning that uh, tournament in 2011 coming back and winning over utep by one point finishing the conference tournament with a record of 25 and 9 they went on to play arizona in the uh opening round uh, they, I think it was in Tulsa. Yeah, it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, um, they lost by two, uh, Derek Williams hit a shot with like 15 seconds left to win that game. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Memphis went on in 2012, 2013, 2014, you know, Memphis won 26 uh, games the next season. They won 31 the next and 24 the next. Like, Memphis went on a really good run. And in that final year of Joe Jackson, Shaq Goodwin, they, you know, they made it to the NCAA tournament, won their opening game, 
got Virginia in that next round, and that's just a tough matchup for Memphis. It's never going to be one, and that was one of those Virginia teams that was really tough uh, defensively. And it just it never materialized for Josh Pastner to make a run in the NCAA tournament. So the difference will be if Memphis's season plays out like that 2011 season, the difference between Josh Pastner and Penny Hardaway will be, one, can Penny make the run that Josh never made? And two, can Penny sustain recruiting success? After that 2013 class when Shaq Goodwin came on board, uh, Jaron Johnson was one of the best JUCO guys out there. You know, Austin Nichols came, Karan Iverson. After that class, recruiting fell off, winning fell off, and then the fan support fell off. And that was the the beginning of the end for Josh Pastner. So, you know, Christian, another comparison historically out there that should have told us that this Memphis team would struggle. Let's rewind back to the 2012 recruiting class. Kentucky finishes the recruit rankings as the number one overall class. They enroll the number one center, the number one overall player in Nerlens Noel, and two two other five stars in Alex Poitras and Archie Goodwin, <laughs> and then Willie Cauley-Stein. So they finish with the number one class. Ton of hype around that team, top 10 preseason favorite to make it to the final four. And, you know, we've already talked about the the comparison between Archie Goodwin and Precious Achua in that both were ranked number 15 overall. Archie Goodwin was the last number 15 ranked overall player to go one and done in the last 17 years. And Precious is, uh, he's poised to do the same. So very similar in that way. And then Nerlens Noel in the middle of Kentucky season goes down with an injury, never comes back, decides to sit out the remainder of the season. And that Kentucky team that was so hyped, that had so many expectations, finished the year. You want to hear it? 21 and 12. Weren't the, I, yeah, I knew, I knew they had 12 losses, though. Yeah, I actually... I actually had that so one, 21 and 12 and you know guess where they ended up in the Ken Palm rankings Memphis I'm right now Memphis right now like is 56 Memphis right now is 58 that Kentucky team finished the Ken Palm ratings at number 55 overall that Kentucky team hey. ended up being relegated to the uh, NIT lost to Robert Morris by two on the road uh, and you know, that, that was the end of a very, very disappointing, uh, season for that Kentucky squad. But the comparisons of losing your number one overall player, you know, middle of the season, you got a guy like Archie Goodwin that translates so well to what Precious is doing for this team, different players, but obviously similar impact, similar expectations, and then similar results into the season you know you look at Kentucky 20 games in they were 14 and 6 6 Memphis is 15 and 5 you know one game off it's just so eerily similar with both that 2010-2011 Memphis team and that 2012-2013 Kentucky team history 
told us that this Memphis team would struggle. We just ignored the signs. So if if I'm a Memphis fan out there, what I want to tell you is just sit back and enjoy anything and everything positive that happens with this team. Watch this young team grow. You know, you and I have both, you've seen the research I've done on Precious. You've seen the research I've done on Boogie Ellis at number 38 uh, in the composite. And then Lester Quinones at number 58 in the composite. They are exceeding the norm over the last 17 years, all three of them. So you look at the norm across all players over the last 17 years at their respective rankings, all three of those guys are performing better than the average. So sit back, watch this young team mature, watch them get ready for possibly a conference championship run like Josh Masters 2011 team did. And if they do it, great. If they don't, you prep for next year, you move on. It is what it is at this point with James Wiseman out of the picture. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like When you look at the roster makeup, and and obviously when you have the number one player in the country, especially a player like James Wiseman, you build around them. I mean, he is the reason that they got certain guys on this team to compliment him, to play with him, guys that he helped recruit. So when you look at that as a whole, obviously things are going to change. So when you kind of look towards like what you're saying, like if Memphis does ultimately make the tournament, like if, if Memphis makes it to the round of 32, like if they go on some crazy run at the end of the season where the, you know, the light bulb just turns on, if they go to the round of 32 or sweet 16 or anything like that, as much as Memphis fans may not want to admit it, you're ahead of schedule at that point. Because you just pointed to two perfect examples where it was nothing close to that. Like you said, Kentucky team, NIT, and Memphis gets a bid off of winning the conference championship. So even even if something like that is to happen or doesn't happen or however it plays out, this team is either right around what sim, you know what what similar situations have happened. They're either right in that same ballpark or they're ahead of schedule. And uh, I think it's tough It's tough to look at it this way, obviously, because it's so much projecting and pulling from the past and everything. But you're ahead of schedule if you get to that point. And then, like you said, you get to look forward to next year because other than Precious Achiwa and Isaiah Maurice, who will be out of eligibility, more than likely everyone's coming back. And you also talked about how Boogie and Lester are ahead of schedule. If you have some of these guys, and, and we've seen how much a player can develop from year one to year two, if you have these guys take leaps, and, and I know we're getting way off. <laughs> we did not expect to end up here when we started this episode. Um, <laughs> we're like in the next season. We're talking about next season now, but um, I don't know. There, there, should, there should be more optimism than there is because of the things that have happened this season. I, I know fans had expectations of national championship coming in this year, and I know the coaching staff did too, but when things play out the way that they've had, sometimes you just have to be real, you have to be honest, and if you get anything like a round of 32 run or a sweet 16 run, you just take that for what it is. I mean, you're you're ahead of schedule. That's that's a great thing that ends up happening, but that, that research really is – it blew my mind last night when you told me about um, – the uh the Josh Pastner team and then I just heard this was my first hearing of the Kentucky team so it is crazy uh to think about how the blueprint has been set before by college basketball 
and everyone just ignored it and was like, uh, we may not have James Wiseman anymore, but we'll still be fine. You know, we can still I mean, it's two it's two instances in the last decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are two instances where you lose a five-star player from a class. You have a lot of young pieces. It's so – it's like they, they were sitting there the whole entire time. We had the puzzle pieces. It's like watching an ep, you know uh, one of the Saul 7, uh, and you're like, the clue of how to get out of this dang room was there the entire time, and we just missed it. It was right in front of our face. Like, how did we miss that? But, you know, the one positive – from the way that everything has transpired is that, and I know that this is like, people are going to be like, oh man, you're, you're, you know, happy clapper, you're sugarcoating it. But to me, I sit back and I watch and I, I feel like the way that Memphis' season has played out does two things with two specific guys for 2020. With Greg Brown, Memphis has made a case that they're the perfect spot for Greg Brown. They're sitting there showcasing a guy like Precious that you were saying, hey, look, this guy who was ranked number 15, look at the guys in the past 17 years like I laid out. Look at look at that. And look at what we've done with him. You know, this offense is made for a, a, an elite level stretch four who can go out and make plays and who's willing to, you know, run and transition uh, get the ball off of a defensive rebound and initiate the break. It's perfect for you. So Memphis has m- made that pitch just by allowing Precious Achua to be successful. Um, so that's number one. And number two, Memphis's struggles from the guard spot in terms of having guys that can consistently knock down shots. And two, break down their man and make plays. Like Memphis has no guys that really can go out and get their own shot from the guard spot. Um, so with those struggles, you you look at a guy like Jalen Green and you say, listen, man, we just we need guard scoring. You You can come in and get as many shots as you need because we need a guy like you who, who can create his own shot, who can – shoot from mid-range, who can get to the rim and finish through contact, because that's everything that Jalen Green does. Memphis has laid out a blueprint for the two top priorities that they still got on the hook for 2020. And to me, that's the most positive thing that you can take out of those struggles. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. 
So Christian, you know, with all of that said, I feel like we're at the point of beating a dead horse. We've kind of recapped where where we are, what got us here, and we've even started previewing strangely next season. Um, you know, I, th- I think the big thing for me is that I, I want people that listen to this podcast to know that this podcast is here to make you a smarter and better fan. Maybe sometimes you listen and you feel like you get dumber. Uh, a lot of times that's probably thanks to me. Uh, but also the stuff that we're posting on GoTigers247.com, it's all geared towards trying to put facts behind the reasons why we say certain things. So if we're praising uh, Penny Hardaway or a certain player, we want to give you facts behind it. If we if we're gonna uh, put credit criticism on certain people, we want to put facts behind that as well. We want to make people smarter fans. We want people to be able to analyze this team, the season, in intelligent ways. So, just my my encouragement to you is do that with the way that you interact on social media do that with the way that you interact on our boards and uh take in everything that you learn from us and you know s- spread the love tell your friends about go tigers 247 tigers and 20 christian i've got nothing else i kind of went on a random little sidebar there i don't even know how i ended up here right now it's it's so what you do, man. For people that don't know, we record late at night, and it is very, very late right now. And I think I might be delirious. So I, think, I think I'm right. I think I'm right there with you. <laughs> you got anything else? Because I don't. I'm all good. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in Twenty. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis Athletic Program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 